welcome to Go Into All the World with uh, myself, Manuel Rodriguez, your, your co-host with Gary Griffin Henning. Last week, we presented some doctrine points with the scriptures that teach and the outline uh, uh, outline of these points. So Gary, Gary has some opening words uh, to share with us. You know, as many said, we presented some scriptures that outline Christian doctrine. To me, knowing these will help you share your faith with others. And again, many follow doctrines that sometimes emphasize some grace and include some works or maybe some type of self-righteousness. Again, if you understand these, you can explain it's all by grace, per se, and kind of how it works fit in. But what we said in the last program was people that try to establish their own righteousness. Many religions and many groups do adopt or try to establish their own righteousness. You know what? They can't. There's no way they can do anything that would satisfy, if you want to call it, for their sin or for their nature or what Adam did, da-da-da-da-da. You cannot, okay, satisfy or, so to speak, establish your own righteousness. And why do people do this? Well, many, and I talked a little bit about it, they're ignorant of God's righteousness. Mm -hmm. Again, they think they can establish their own or keep the law or do this or some combination of Jesus and, and stuff. And we know that no amount of good works, no amount of good deeds, no self-effort, no birthright, nor, you know, education level or training or whatever, nothing, okay, can settle the score between the first Adam, Adam of Adam of Eve, and, of course, the second Adam, which was Jesus. Manny, got any thoughts about that before I go on? I know we've no, talked a little bit about it, but go ahead. You know, uh, that that's that's so important that we have, that we can understand the difference between, uh, like you were saying, the amount of works that we think that we can conjure up. Right. You know what I mean? Or, or the check the list. list. Check the list. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I got a star. I, I, got, I got a star today, you know. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, making it into the kingdom. And, and though, even though, you know, we, we have a children's church and we give the kids stars and things like that. Right. That's one thing, you know what I mean? And learning them, uh, for them learning what it is. But, it's important that we understand as mature adults or those of us that are maturing that we're, we're finally going from milk to meat, you know? Right, right. That's true. So we might be, exactly you might be in between. Right. You might have milk right now, and maybe right. you're in between where you're getting ready for the steak. Steak. Come on, hallelujah. You're right. There we go. <laughs> Tastes better. Well, hey, another point for those listening today that Besides, besides sharing our faith, in other words, these, these doctrinal points allow us, can help us to share our faith. When you know these scriptures, when, they, when they're like deep in your heart or you've studied them and you've meditated on them, they help you to know your true identity, okay? And they help you to know you're standing with God, okay? We say right now, you're born again. You are justified with God right now. You have eternal security. You're not going to lose your, so to speak, lose your salvation or send it away or some dumb thing like that. And to me, this is a great point. It centers on me, the believer, us, the believers, okay? Because we know who we are. I have great joy. I'm excited. I don't wake up fearful. If some dumb thought comes in, well, you did this or what about that? And I don't know about you guys. And I've been saved, you know, 50 years, but back in the day, I can remember uh, five, two or three, five years into it, I would get thoughts like, well, maybe I'm going to, Oh, I said a word, but that word, or I looked at a woman or something wrong, or maybe I'm going to die, maybe I'm going to lose myself. And I had those thoughts. And they did torment me. You know, the Bible says fear has torment, and I was tormented. By the grace of God, you learn these things, and you begin to, so to speak, put them in your heart, 
ponder, meditate them, study them, then you realize, okay, no, I'm right with God. Do I want to live holy or the best I can? Of course, but what if I don't? Well, guess what? Bible says you're probably going to sin, okay, for the rest of your life, but you're probably going to have some areas that God's going to have to deal with and clean up, or maybe you get, you know, he told his disciples when they went into the world, you're going to get your feet dirty. In other words, you're going to get little sins of little bondages of little stupid things kind of grabbing hold of you or bothering you. And you have to have, you know, yourself cleansed, okay? So I do get cleansed. But on the other hand, the Bible says you're clean all over. That means I'm saved. Mm-hmm. I'm born again. I have total security. And so if I know that, it gives me, if you want to call it, greater joy and greater peace. And I looked at the book, Translating God, and Sean Boltz wrote this. And here's something he said. I'm going to kind of tie it into what many and I are talking about today. Sean Bolt said, he knows that prophecy is to tie you to your eternal calling to be in Jesus, the best form of yourself, who you were designed to be, allowing you to catch a glimpse of you that you truly are. So sometimes prophecy is spoken into our lives because you're here and God wants to take you there. Mm. Hey, you're here, you've got a small ministry, you're going to have a big ministry. Hey, you're here, you're alone and show yourself one day you're going to be on TV and da-da-da-da-da. So it gives you a glimpse of who you really are. And a lot of these doctrinal points to me work exactly what Sean Bulls was saying. Okay, mm-hmm. They have the same effect. I know I'm right with God. I know that God's with me. I know that he'll never leave me or forsake me. Which way you need know about many, but I didn't know that promise for a lot of years. Right. And then somewhere down the road, I thought, Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And I started to internalize that. Well, it means it with every day. Right. Good, bad, you know, pressure, no pressure, thoughts, fears, whatever. But he's still with me, okay? And by the way, I feel kind of impressed right now that the Spirit of God is saying, when you know that Christ is with you, when you get into these situations to share with people, remember, he's with you. Yes. He's ministering through you by the power of the Holy Spirit. He's going to minister to those people. Don't, so don't think it's all you, okay? Yes. I've told you, you know, a couple of programs. I, I, saw, I said a scripture to some lady that needed the scripture that I had to study in 15 years. I didn't. I knew I didn't study that scripture for a long, long time. But God brought it to me. Right. It's the same God that's staying with you, that's going to walk with you. He's still with you, or so to speak, he's with you when you're talking to these people. Okay. Amen. And again, we mentioned you don't have to be perfect or some standard or Billy Graham the tenth or something like that. God wants you to be you, okay? This new person that you are, you can have that love, joy, and peace, and people will notice that. Right. They'll Gary, this is such a profound revelation and, you know, one or a combination of many of the results, a great peace. It, right. it can result to a great security or God. Right. You know, it, it, it is so important that believers know these and again, both for themselves and as well for others. It's important that we know these scriptures and we know that the real person that's in us, the Christ is in us, the hope of glory. Listeners, I want you to think about what Manny just said. That's a profound statement. It's important that we know this, okay? Why? Well, let me give you a couple of reasons why. I'll give you a couple of examples. Mm-hmm. When I go to talk to people that are non-Christians, okay? And again, this could be on the street. It could be in a store. It could be a friend or something like that. Um, they don't really understand basic, if you want to call it Christian doctrine. So part of the times I want to explain it. But here's the point. If I ask many people... Uh, I'm going to say Catholic and LDS. I don't necessarily mean to single them out, but people that have some works involved with their salvation or maybe staying with God or staying saved, if you would. 
And I asked them, do you know that your old man is dead? Well, between you and me, they look at you like, what, what is that? <laughs> what is the old man? Okay. So again, they're not going to understand the term. So then I need to explain that before I was born again, or before I began to live spiritually, if you would, I had an old man, or I was in the old man, or I was living by the old man. And guess what? The old man, of course, references our sin nature. Wow. So we are both all, we are all sinners and have this old nature before we are born again. Is that correct? Exactly. Exactly. So uh, we have been born again. We've died with Christ. The Bible says we've died. Bible says we're dead to sin. We don't have to sin. Does that mean we're going to be perfect? No. But if you meditate on that, you'll find out you don't have to sin. And you begin to have power. We've already given you a number of examples of the last few programs. Some pro we gave you many examples of people right in the middle of sin dropped it because they, they were dead to sin. They said, I don't need this anymore. Well, they don't need it. Okay. They don't need it. I, I don't need it anymore. Amen. I'm a new person. You're a new person. They don't need it. You can put down the drugs. You can put down the cigarettes. You can put down, you know, adultery or sleeping around or whatever you want to call these things, okay? I'm saying it's easy, not necessarily, but the more you meditate on who you are, the less you need those things. Mm -hmm. And when the devil tries to pull your chain, well, here, you got to do this. You got to have some drugs because you're feeling bad. No. I'm going to feel good. I'm going to, instead of taking a drug, I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. I'm going to build myself up like it says in Jude so I can encourage myself. And then I'm going to be able to fight against those thoughts as well. I'm only going to be happy if this happens, some sin happens to that. Okay. Um, another thing that when we say this, when your old man is gone, you're now a saint. Mm -hmm. You know, I've heard some people, unfortunately, if you want to call it that, a number of young believers say, well, you know, don't you think you're a sinner? You did this wrong. And I said, well, yeah, I, I've sinned. I do things wrong, but I'm not a sinner. I'm a saint. Well, that's not true. I said, no, it is true. And if you look in the epistles, Paul writes books to the saints at Ephesus, to the saints at Galatia, okay, to the saints at Corinth. He addresses them. So he's saying it. So if Paul can say it, guess what? We can say it, all right? And when people say, well, the average, you know, well, you, you just can't be perfect. I say, well, that's true. We can't be perfect. But I still want to focus on who I am now, not who I used to be. I want to focus on walking in the Spirit. So what? I don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. So if I'm walking in the Spirit, I don't have any time to fulfill the lust of the flesh, all right? And so what I tell people, look, let's look at let's look at Romans 6.1, just for an example here in this this case. And we kind of did this, you know, probably a month or two ago. We were Romans yeah. 6, but anyways. What should we say then? Should we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many as you were baptized into Christ Jesus, as you were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, listen to this, even so we shall also have or walk in the newness of life. Again, this is the Word of God from the Bible. It doesn't say you have to be perfect, but it does say you can walk in this newness because your old man's dead and gone. Do you have some residue? Yeah. Do you have some things that maybe cause you a problem or a habit or sin? Sure. But let's try to walk in this newness of life. And then if you go to verse 5, it says, We have been united together in the likeness of his death. So we've been put to death, okay? Certainly we shall now be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this. That our old man, okay, what we were talking about initially, mm -hmm. was crucified with him, 
that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. So did Paul say this? Yes. Are Manny and Gary saying it? No, Manny and Gary are reading it out of the Bible, presenting it to you so you know it's true because it comes from God's Word. It's not some doctrine that Manny made up or Gary made right. up or somebody from one of our churches or our churches did. <laughs> and the last part, it says, For he who has died has been freed from sin. And again, verse 11, or if you go on to verse 11, I'll end here, it says, Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but what? But alive to God in Christ. Amen. You know, Gary, this reminds me back in the day when I used to play with a lad jazz group, and a friend of mine wrote this song, Saints and Sinners. Uh-huh. Saints and Sinners. And I said, I, said, I, said, I said, Joe, why did you write this song, Saints and Sinners? He goes, because... He goes, you're like a Jesus, Manuel, and, and I'm a sinner. You know, <laughs> he goes, he goes, and he, you know, and he saw that that joy of the Lord, that right, the Lord, right, and and he saw, you know, I, I was a believer and I'm playing with this group, and he said, but that's that's the community is that you're gonna have saints and you're gonna have some sinners that still don't know the full knowledge right. of salvation and and the promise there is. His promises are still true. So we believers really are dead to sin. We are dead to sin. So we do not have to sin. Is that correct? Is that what you're saying? You're right. Let me read a little bit more from Romans 7. We kind of got through Romans 6. But Romans 7, if if you remember the program, or if you know, you're just familiar with that scripture, that teaching, is that the first few verses talk about the law having dominion over a man as long as he lives. Hmm. Just as a woman who has a husband is bound by that law or by law if you would her husband. However, if her husband dies, she is free. And if he is still living and she's married to another, or if, if he was still living and she marries another, now she's an adulteress, okay? Mm. But again, if he dies, she's free from the law. And of course, she would not be an adulteress if she was married to somebody else. So basically, God's saying, hey, if you're married to sin, okay, and you should have your new nature. You have two natures. That's like you're you're like an adultery. You can't have two natures. So once we die to sin, once we're born again, now, by the grace of God, we're a new creature. The Bible says all things are new. So we could be that new right. creature, and we're not married to a second nature, the old nature, so we're not in adultery. Hmm. All right? And let's look at verse 4. Also, starting in verse 4 of Romans 7, it reads, Therefore, my brothers, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another. You may be married to Jesus. Okay, and it says to him who is raised from the dead, that we should be we should bear fruit to God. For when we were in the flesh, notice past that mm-hmm. the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit to death. But now we have been delivered again. Think of all these are all past tense, okay? We were in this. We were in that. We have been delivered, okay? Bible says we, or this verse says we've been delivered, okay, from the law, having died to what we were held by, so we should serve in the newness of the Spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. This is so good, Gary. You know, I get it now. It says that we cannot have two natures. So that's what you're saying, right? So you have the, the new man or woman. And the old, uh, and the old sin nature. So we would be committing adultery if we did. If we did, 
So we had two natures. We had two natures, right? So we are not adulterous. No. We're not, and <laughs> we do not have to serve him via some law or to do this or that or to do the commandments correctly, and et cetera, et cetera. But we serve the newness of the Spirit, because that's what he says here. He says, in the newness of the Spirit and not in the old, right. old, the, the oldest uh, uh, or the old of the letter, you know what I mean? So we are free from sin not to live to sin and to live to serve him. Right. So the newness of the Spirit is to bear good fruits and we become, spiritually speaking, the new man and new woman and not the old man or the old woman is gone. They're gone. They're gone. No, but fuera. Beautiful. Fuera. There we go. Espanol. It says to me, man, if more believers understood this, they would be more free or they'd have less fear, less condemnation. They'd have less shame. I mean, all of us, you know, we would have less of that. We'd have more joy. We'd have more boldness. We know that we've been wiped clean. This place has been wiped clean, that we're like new inside. So we would want to talk to other people. We would want to share that great joy that's inside of us. Right. So Gary, so Gary, so if works are not for salvation or, or justification, what are some good works for? Okay. Well, let's look at some scriptures that talk about it. Okay. It brings up a good question. If works are not for salvation or justification, okay, what are they for? Well, I'm going to read one. I'll may read one of that. John 9, 3, 4, Jesus answered, said, Neither this man nor his parents sin, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. So Jesus had works to do. Okay, heal this young man, okay, and other works. So we have some works we want to do. So there's things we have to do, but again, they're not pertaining necessarily to salvation or justification. You know, this one jumps out to me, uh, Gary, in James 1, 22, says, be doers of the word. Right. Doers of the word. Salvation leads to service and hearers only and and and, and not hearers. Right. Right. And so we, we gotta do the work. Right. Or we gotta do the word. What the word says to do. Manny, you made a great point there because it says salvation leads to service. We want to serve God. We want to walk with God. We want to help establish his kingdom and further his kingdom. And so that's what the good works are for. Uh, let me read Titus 2, 6, and 7. Here's a couple more about this. Likewise, exhort the young men to be sober-minded in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works, in doctrine showing integrity, reverence, and corruptibility, da-da-da-da-da. But again, we want to have a pattern of good works, not again so we're justified or saved. We just want to do that because now we're walking God's king and walking with him. That's good. I, I want to read First Peter 2, 12. Okay, okay. Uh, whereas they speak against you as evildoers, you may by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Mm -hmm. God's going to come to visit you someday. Amen. Those of us <laughs> that, are, that are not in Christ, uh -huh. like you said earlier, a uh, lot of Christians, non-believers, or, 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 they're, or they're from another faith, and that's okay. Uh -huh. But the, the day of visitation will come and show good works. It will, man. It will, won't it, man? Yes, it will. We all probably know the scripture out of James, you know, James 2, where it says, if I have or I show you my faith, I have works, show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. In other words, right. again, we don't want to say that works produce the faith, but we want to say the faith 
that God has saved now again calls us into a life of service. And that's what the good works are for. Just like Jesus going around and doing what his, his father did. That's right. So Gary, there's some there's some basic LDS doctrines uh, that we want to, let's compare with biblical doctrine. You know, yeah, and for the listener, we want to add some, some of these points today, okay, for the time we have left in the program. But let's pick up the first one. It says, this is what the LDS, LDS believe. The blood of Jesus does not cleanse us from all sin. Yeah. And here's what one commentary says. The Jesus, or sorry, the LDS won no part of his blood cleansing us from all sin because they've claimed for many years that there are, they need blood atonements. People were killed. People were murdered. People were sacrificed, if you want to call that, by LDS leaders and members to atone for this or that sin because they felt there are certain sins that the blood of Jesus didn't atone for. Uh-huh. Let's look at a couple of scriptures, man. I'll read First John, then you can read a couple. Okay. First John 1, 7, but we walk in the light as he is in the light. We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. All uh, sin. That's, that's powerful, uh, Gary, because this is the word of God. Right. And so Amen. 1 Peter 2, 24, see, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, Oh, watch it, man. <laughs> All the tree that we having died to sin. That's so powerful. It is powerful. Because on, at the tree, which we know the cross. Right. Jesus shed his blood. Right. And it says here, you, the, what you just read, it said he bore our sins. We didn't bore some of them. He had to bear all of them. Right. Because right. then it says we had died to sin. So if we still had some sin that we had to have a blood atonement or, or some other thing for that would be an untrue statement or be a false statement, and we know it's not false. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Titus 2, 13 and 14 reads, Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people. So he's, he's saying he's redeemed us from every lawless deed, and he purifies us. So again, this idea of blood atonement or you you can't, Jesus didn't die for some sins, it is not, if you want to call it, consistent with Scripture. Mm-hmm. Okay, the next point is the LDS doctrine of preexistence of souls. And I think they think this is a big deal. Well, they don't realize how much problems this brings up when you compare it to Scriptures, okay? Right. So they believe that back in the day, in preexistence, they were all the sons and daughters of God. And salvation is kind of like just continuing the path, okay? So they were already the pre-existence children of God. Now they're just kind of going through this until they get, you know, to the end of this world. But listen to first, I'm sorry, John 1, 12, because it contradicts us. Here's what it said. But as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons and daughters of God, even to them that believe on his name. Now, God would not have to give people power to become sons and daughters if they already were. Yeah. So right away, right in, the, right away in John, we see a contradiction to this point. All right? And we also said, Jesus said, you must be born again. Mm-hmm. Given people that came to him or were around him were already his children, okay, they wouldn't have to be born again. Why don't you read First Peter two nine and ten? Because that I love this and talks about. Yeah, I love this scripture because it says is that you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, mm-hmm. his own his own special people. Wow, 
his own special food, that we may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's so powerful, guy. It is powerful. <laughs> and again, people are listening today, think about it. It said he called you out of darkness into his light. You were once not a people, but now you are a people. You had not obtained mercy, but now you have. So again, we see the same problems with pre-existence. God wouldn't have called you out of darkness if you were already his son or daughter, if you would. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't have called you into marvelous light because per se, you were already walking in it. Mm -hmm. He would give you mercy because per se, you've already had it or you had it in the pre-existence. So again, I encourage everybody, if you know someone that's LDS, you know this doctrine, please look at these scriptures and give it to them, okay? Mm-hmm. And these believers were not a people. Well, if they're already a people, they would already be a people. Jesus wouldn't say believers were not a people. Well, listen, I know we're just about out of time today, Manny. Thanks so much. It was a great program today. I appreciate you being here and us working together. And everybody, thank you for joining us today. And come next week as Manny and I go into all the world.